Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We are dad and daughter with me, Lauren. Me, Graham. And it's been another pretty crazy week off the football pitch. Obviously, lots of uh, news within the government, but football remains and uh, football's carrying on, isn't it? Yeah, good stuff. It is good stuff, I suppose. You know, people won't have as much to do and it just keep uh, boost everyone's morale and um, it's good that they're managing to keep it going. So as a result, we're going to have some live matches to talk about. And once again, it's been a pretty full on week. Also on the pitch as well, there's been loads of fixtures um, so we're going to do round up across all top four of the divisions and then do some rants, some raves, have a look obviously at the Barnet of the week and then as well some ones to watch. Um, I'm going to start off by rounding up some of the Premier League matches. There seem to be quite a few fixtures worth noting actually this week. Liverpool versus West Ham, 2-1 to Liverpool. Not playing their best, but they've got three points, obviously three really big important points. Very effective substitutions from Jurgen Klopp, uh, Jot and Shaqiri. They're back on top now with 16 points and quite noticeably an impressive debut from the central defender Nathaniel Phillips, who everyone seems to be raving about. Obviously, big boots to fill with Virgil van Dijk out, but he, he looked, he seemed to be pretty good. They said he's not the prettiest of defenders, but quite a traditional defender, that uh, one that I think you'd quite uh, admire, Dad. Did you manage to see any of his highlights? Uh, I didn't actually know, but uh, yes, good very, reporting. Yeah, good very writer. traditional, just gets stuck in there, very dominant in the air. West Ham down to 13th, but they've been playing some good football and they've had some very tough fixtures um, of of recently. So they had two draws and then obviously just lost the last one, but you think they're looking like a good team. And then on Sunday, there was some really quite a lot of goals, actually. Aston Villa 3, Southampton 4. A very happy 26th birthday for James Ward-Prowse, who obviously scored two fantastic free kicks on his birthday, taking Southampton uh, up to 13 points. They're flying undefeated now in four matches, three wins and a draw. Villa just starting to struggle a bit after winning their first four matches. Now they've lost the past two games and conceded seven goals. See, when I talk about Everton, they've had quite a few key injuries. What's happened to Villa? They've got exactly the same players. They've been doing exactly the same thing. What do you think? What's the what's the reason behind that, Dad? Uh, I'm not sure really whether it's that whole momentum when you lose one, you lose two, just yeah. confidence starts to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, they've you know, got some good players, good team. It's hard to say really, isn't it? Talking about Everton, the next match I wanted to mention was Newcastle 2, Everton 1. Newcastle have kind of been a real mix to start of the season. Before the match, they had two wins, two drawn and two losses. So that kind of just sums up Newcastle at the moment. But obviously they won big three points again. And now that's a draw and a loss from the last two matches from Everton. But you could argue that is a lot down to the key people that they're missing. With Charleston, obviously he's on suspension. Uh, Coleman, he's injured. Dean, he's only got one match suspension now. Uh, Rodriguez, I think he's got an injury, but not too bad. So I suppose that's probably what they would put it down to. But Newcastle will be very happy with the result. And obviously got to mention as well on Sunday that Arsenal won 1-0 at Old Trafford. Aubameyang, 69-minute penalty. That's now the first Premier League away win over Manchester United for Arsenal since 2006. So it's a huge win for the club, huge win for Arteta. And you can see that just from his reaction alone, how much that win meant to him. Um, But then you flip it on its head and it's quite... It just sums up Man United at the moment. Very, very up and down. They had a brilliant 5-0 win midweek in the Champions League. And then to go at home and lose 1-0. It was a pretty dismal performance, actually. 
you could say no no Man United player even stood out. Just the pressure is piled on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now. So he will be feeling it and um, United fans will not be happy from that performance. Just from their players. It's okay. You know, you could argue that it's okay to lose but play well. But um, they lost. They didn't play well. They didn't have much energy, much press. Very lacklustre. So, yeah, they'll be interesting to see the next steps now for Man United. And then also the late kickoff on Sunday was Tottenham 2, Brighton 1. Um, very interestingly, obviously got a Kane penalty, but the winner, 73rd minute, was scored by Gareth Bale. His first goal since re-signing for Tottenham. And I think now that's like his first goal for the club in, oh my gosh, seven years or something. Yeah, seven years and 166 days. Um, so it's quite interesting as well because midweek Mourinho kind of well he slated Ali in his press conference and he did as well because Bale in the Champions League say that he's waiting for him to play better and hopefully he'll be getting better so he's kind of given him a bit of a push and then what would you know substitute came on scored a header so massive confidence boost for him Brighton are playing well this is the thing they're not playing badly they're playing well but just can't seem to be digging out any of the results at the moment but it was against a good side so yeah that's a great result for Tottenham and they now sit in second, actually. So they've played seven, won four, drawn two, lost one, and 14 points. So two points behind Liverpool. And then I should also note, I suppose, Arsenal finishing in ninth. They're on 12 points. Man United, 15th with seven points. I mean, it's not a pretty sight for United fans. But overall, the, that was a roundup from the Premier League. Brilliant. So championships, some good games in the championship. Uh, two teams probably favoured for... Playoffs or promotion, uh, Bristol City, Norwich played Ashton Gate and uh, Norwich had a, a good, very good 3-1 win, actually takes them up to fourth. Bristol City started off okay, up and down a bit and now down to tenth. Uh, but I think it's reflected really Norwich being able to keep the core of the Premier League squad. So the three goals, two from Pukki and one from Buendia. Pukki didn't really get going in the uh, Premiership, but back in the Championship he's knocking them back in again, so... Yeah, good result for Norwich and Bristol. Uh, they need some need to get some points on the board, really. Uh, and then the uh, next match was Reading's first defeat. Went into the match at Coventry, St Andrews, uh, undefeated. They had 59% of the possession, but they lost 3-2. Uh, they're still top. Uh, it was a Friday night match. Good Friday night match, actually. Coventry still down in 20th position, but goals from Hamer, Godden and McCallum gave them a very good win. It's only the second win of the season. Like I say, it was uh, Reading's first defeat, so it'll uh, be interesting to see how that plays out. But Red- Reading is still top. Into, well, we've got a rant now, so the last time where we can just have a go at some things that have uh, maybe wound us up across the week. Do you want to start off with your rant? Yeah, um, yeah mine's about soft free kicks and penalties and... Mm. Um, just, I think it's interesting, even a commentator on the Everton-Newcastle match, the phrase he exactly used were the player felt the contact and goes to ground, uh, almost as if it's acceptable. So I think if you feel contact that makes you go to ground because it's hurt you or it's a you know, it's a, a big push or a kick that's sort of uh, significant, but just because somebody lays a finger on you or slightly touches you, the notion that you can go to ground and that's acceptable and that's a free kick and referees will give it 
and it gives penalties, there's penalties given for the same sort of thing. You just got the wrong side of somebody and they caught you slightly. There you go, felt the contact, down they go. So I just think, I think it's, um, I'd rather people went down for the right reason, not because they're trying to win a free kick because they've felt a slight touch from an opponent. So, Do you think players actually practice diving? Because there is a technique to it. Um, I th- well, I don't think any coach would do that. I don't think they'd be so blazing no, as to okay. do it, but I think it's a natural thing. Uh, I'm sure a coach would equally say, listen, if you feel a knock, then, you know, if if it's the right thing to yeah. do, you should go down. But I don't think they'd actually practice it. But it's, I just think it's um, it's sort of not diving, but it's the ne- next worst thing. So I just think, you know, if you're not, if you can carry on running, carry on running. If you can stay on your feet, stay on your feet, you know. So uh, it just seems a bit weird. It's never going to get reversed now though, right? Because once... You know, someone who sometimes they stay on their feet and then they don't get the penalty and nothing comes of it. Well, I just think it's not, uh, I, don't, I don't like it, but uh, And the there last you go. thing, last thing, sorry, and the last thing, do you notice it's just purely in the penalty box or do you think it happens all over the pitch? All over the pitch. Do you reckon? Yeah, all over the pitch. Well, my rant, kind of of a different vein, it's, we've seen quite a lot of late goals at the moment obviously Villa against Southampton Southampton were I think it was 3-1 or even no 3-1 up and then you had 93rd minute uh, penalty from Watkins 95th minute from Grealish and then you know then you've got Jota scoring in the 85th minute with Liverpool the big one obviously was West Ham against Spurs a couple of weeks back when Spurs were 3-0 up and then West Ham came back and drew 3-3. Obviously, uh, football is entertaining as a spectator. It's very entertaining to watch late goals. But I suppose I just find it, especially when teams are in a winning position, like 3-1, 3-2, okay, they didn't lose the match. Well, Tottenham obviously drew. But psychologically, players, especially substitutes that come on, but players that are playing there, they've got to look to it more as a 90-minute match. 96 minutes, like the fact that that's how long some of the additional time was. I just think they get paid enough to switch on. I know it's easier to say than it is, but there's quite a lot of late goals. And when you're winning, a goal difference can make quite a big deal at some clubs and some points of the season towards the end. So probably just a bit sloppy defending towards the end. Yeah, I think so. I think um, just watching again, watching that Newcastle match, a team that were playing out from the back and sort of doing some neat stuff suddenly started kicking it up the other end of the pitch, giving away a possession. So I think uh, people just seem to panic a bit, as you say, start to change the tactics a bit. And I think you've got to do what's right and not, not suddenly panic because it's the 95th minute. Because you can see Steve Bruce there, as soon as he saw the board, yeah, admittedly, six minutes out of time seemed like a lot. But even the manager, when they're 2-0 up, is getting very twitchy that there's six minutes out of time. I don't know if that's saying because he doesn't trust his own team to mentally stay switched on for six minutes or whether he's just so worried of Everton. I don't know. It's tricky, but um, maybe just something that I think mentality around the 80-minute mark when they're getting tired, fatigue, just it seems to be quite interesting at the moment in the Premier League and I suppose across all the leagues. Into League One... Some really interesting results, Swindon Town 2, Hull City 1. So Swindon came back from behind to end their four-match losing streak and they got two precious goals from Paul Caddis and Joel Grant and um, Swindon now two points above the drop zone and Hull are in fourth with 21 points, uh, one point off Peterborough. So that was a very big result for Swindon down towards the bottom, obviously Hull towards the top. 
Doncaster Rovers 1, Lincoln City 0. Great win for Doncaster, who had lost their last two games. And it was a 43-minute goal from Ben Whiteman. Apparently, it's a stunning volley that won them the match. Lincoln suffered only their second defeat of the season. And it obviously was a very tight match going by the scoreline, but Lincoln did have 57% possession, 14 shots, but zero on targets. That kind of says it all. And Doncaster continued to fight for the playoff positions, two points off and sitting in eighth. And Lincoln currently sitting in third. And then the last match, it was a five-goal thriller, Wigan to Northampton Town 3. I kind of what was on about my rant, actually, some late-minute goals. Two teams both down towards the bottom of the table. A nail-biting finish. Apparently, Wigan were very unlucky not to get the draw. So Wigan are in a bit of a rut, actually, now not one in the last six matches in the relegation places. And um, Northampton are up to 18th and 10 points. So just three ahead of Wigan. Um, so I think, again, that kind of was actually sums up what I was on about with Ram, with just players switching off towards the end. But they got the win, Northampton Town against Wigan. So into League Two, a couple of matches, local West Country derby, Cheltenham versus Forest Green. Uh, and Cheltenham won 2-1, so they're third, Forest Green is sixth. Forest Green had more possession, 63%, but goals from Boylan Williams uh, meant that Cheltenham won. So both those teams, two solid teams, both in the top six and probably, you would guess, might still be there uh, looking for promotion at the end of the season. The other one, Bolton, keep featuring Bolton, mainly because they lose. They lost again yesterday. Right. Uh, got hammered, actually. Leighton Orient 4, Bolton nil. Leighton Orient have had a mixed start. That takes them to 11th. Uh, but Bolton in a quite a precarious place down the bottom. And uh, once again, just ask the question, just how safe is Ian Everett there? Uh, hopefully they'll give him time because he's not been there long. Lots and lots and lots of new players, 17 new players. So trying to get them all settled in and sorted out. But um, a really disappointing uh, game for Bolton. And I'll just drop down into the National League. The National League's not quite taken shape yet. Um, only a handful of matches. So still, let's say it started later than the rest of the league. Uh, but one real interesting match, I see Hartlepool started off pretty good. But yesterday they played Torquay, who won 5-0 at Hartlepool. Uh, they're already five points clear of Stockport at the top. Uh, and a guy called Danny Wright got a hat-trick. He's got five in two games. So South Coast, Torquay, um, worth mentioning that they look like they're... Uh, I'm not sure when they'll have to have a look when they were last in the league. Actually, Torquay were in the league not long ago. So yeah, they really looks like they're, they're flying at the moment. So Torquay for the National League. Rave time. This is where we get to celebrate some things that have happened in football and we're not always forever grumpy. Go on, you go, you go first with your rave. I just, I was on, on a, um, reflecting on reading the Sunday papers today and a couple of interesting things. Talked about Berry a couple of times and had a bit of a rant about them disappearing, but um, good to see or interesting to see that uh, Berry AFC has been started. A chap called Chris Murray is the chairman. They're in the 10th tier. So a long, long way down. The North West Counties, First Division North. But there you go. So Berry, yeah, the name Berry lives on, which is great. And the other one is uh, reading a piece from a guy called Johnny Owen, who writes in the Sunday Times talking about fanzines uh, and how fanzines, actually talked about um, how fanzines are kind of being replaced by uh, podcasts like this. But um, certainly a really interesting thing. How 30 years ago they started their first one, which was Dial M for Merthyr. Ah, brilliant. Um, and um, yeah, so just just a really interesting piece about fanzines and how they first started and how they've sort of brought some humour into football and 
And yeah, and we need humour in football at the moment. So let's keep them fanzines going. So that's my rave. Good news about Barry. Have you been to Barry before? Gig Lane, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have. A long, long, long time ago. Decades ago. And then we were actually talking about this last week, but I think it was on the Monday night after we put the podcast up. So obviously you get some, maybe some predictable pre-match rituals, people that, I don't know, put sock on, left sock first or play a certain song. Well, Adama Traore, he (laughs) lathers himself in baby oil. Now, we saw him play on Monday night and I did say out loud that I thought his arms were looking very shiny. And then it so happens that I think a couple of days later that um, it went wild on Twitter and online because they saw a Wolves member of staff come on the pitch and actually get like a baby oil and like squirt it onto his arms. Very strange. So I wondered why it was. And apparently it generally is actually to make it harder for defenders to stop him because he has so much pace. They found that they would pull onto his arm to stop him. And apparently this makes their hands slippy. What are they going to do when they throw the ball, if they get a throw in after that? <laughs> I know, it's, um, it's ridiculous. So yeah, because surely he must touch his own arms now and then does that get a bit clammy? Oh well, gosh, I don't know. But I think it's actually quite clever. So he's obviously making sure they can't grab onto him. The only thing is he's going to have really shiny, like nice moisturised arms, but his legs are going to be quite dry in comparison, aren't they? So hmm. he needs to even that up. And I thought um, maybe this is leading towards a sponsorship for a baby oil company. Uh, he's found a gap in the market for that because I don't think many footballers are sponsored by baby oil. And then everyone's uh, saying that talk about grease lightning, obviously, because he's so um, so fast. And now, um, in particular, they're greasy. So I just I, I like to celebrate the um, randomness of the um, baby oil use. <laughs> Barnet of the week. Um, sticking with the Wolves theme, I'll go first on this one. I've picked out his 19-year-old French player who made his debut Premier League appearance for Wolves on Friday night versus Crystal Palace. Um, he's actually on a season-long loan from Angers in France, and his name is Ryan H. Nouri. Yeah, a bit confused about his barnet, but it looked pretty cool. He looked, I don't know if he had an Alice band in or not, but I don't think he did. It just looked like they had something sticking it back, and then it went really high into like an Afro curly, kind of a bit blonde, but um, really cool. Really cool hair, actually. Did you catch? Did you catch it? No, I didn't see him. No. Uh, looks good. Everyone was raving about him. He's only nineteen years old, and to score in your Premier League debut, and he's got a great barnet as well. So that worked out pretty well for us. Who's your barnet? Mine's a simple one. It's uh, Bruno Fernandez, only because he's trying to refashionize. If that's a word, is that a word? Yeah. Refashionize. Bring back into fashion the side parting. Very simple. Not many people Ooh. with side partings these days. But uh, I think Bruno Fernandes, he's going to bring it back into fashion. You'll see it in all the magazines and catwalks and How side are we else. talking? How far side? Well, it's quite a long way. It's quite an old-fashioned side part. Mm, that's true, actually. Because I suppose most are short back in size footballers. Yeah. Not often swept over. So, yeah, so that's a, a trend-setting Bruno. <laughs> Ones to watch. There's some midweek matches, I guess. Have you gone for championship midweek? I've got some League One, then you've got League Two, and then I'll go back to Premier League next weekend. Yeah, so championship, I'll do my both mine. So championship, yeah. got a couple of teams, sixth and eighth, Watford and Stoke, both teams who um definitely, definitely aspiring for the playoffs. Stoke have had a couple of not great years, actually. Watford just come down last season, so... That'll be interesting. One of those will, um, one if not both of them, will be challenging at the end of the year, I'm sure. Uh, and then the other one was Sheffield Wednesday versus Bournemouth. 
Sheffield Wednesday, as I said before, they're on minus four now. Gradually, they're getting up to, to zero points, having had the 12-point deduction. And then you've got Bournemouth, who are third uh, and the only unbeaten team left in the bottom three leagues now. So Sheffield Wednesday will be looking to uh, to change that. And then League Two, Bolton versus Mansfield. Again, Bolton desperate for points. And Mansfield, uh, one of only two teams in the bottom three divisions, uh, not to have won. The other one is South End, who are next to them in the uh, League Two. So Bolton versus Mansfield. And if Mansfield managed to win at Bolton for the first win, that will be uh, pretty horrible for Bolton fans. The last one is uh, Harrogate versus Tranmere. Harrogate have had a good start to the season mid-table, doing okay. Uh, and I really flagged this up only because Tranmere sacked their manager, Mike Johnson, after they lost at home to Morecambe 1-0 at the weekend. Seems a bit quick. Could have been Mirant, actually. Three months he's been there, and I'm not sure they're doing that bad. And I'm not sure they've given him much chance with three months. But uh, Mike Jackson's looking for a job. And Harrogate, Tranmere, so... What normally happens, of course, is they put somebody in place and they win the first match when they've got rid of the manager. That seems to be the uh, the trend, so uh, one worth watching. League One, I've noted on Tuesday at 7pm, you've got Sunderland versus Ipswich. Obviously, Sunderland sixth, Ipswich second. Two teams doing pretty well this season, and obviously both would want those automatic top two slots, but either way, you're thinking that both should obviously ideally be in the playoff positions, if not... And they both had wins over the weekend. So, yeah, should be quite an interesting, you say, there's going to be a lot of goals, but you never know. It could be that they're both so equal that it's more of a, a low-scoring draw, but it should be a good match, that one on Tuesday night. And then, obviously, it's Premier League matches next weekend. I've gone for your classic Sunday night, 4.30pm, Man City versus Liverpool. Big match. Back in July, this is when Liverpool had already won it. It was 4-0 to City. Remember that? They hammered them. But then in November last year, Liverpool won 3-1. So from those ones, you say there's going to be a lot of goals. But going by the way that City are playing at the moment, I don't know. They're not scoring much, are they? Yeah, no, I think I don't know. It's hard to call that one, actually. Uh, yeah, interesting. I think without Van Dijk and obviously Liverpool's defence, I think it could be like a 1-1 draw or low scoring. I'm going to go low scoring just based off the fact that um, City haven't been scoring much and Liverpool have, haven't got Van Dijk. But you never know, this Phillips guy, he might um, come out and might score the winner. Right, that's it for this week. We've had a look at some Barnets, some Rants and Raves. Um, there might be another lockdown, but thankfully there is no lockdown with football at the moment. So it's going to keep going and um, going to keep carrying on. So we'll be back with some more football chants and rants of the plants next week.